Falls, Finding the Fix, a conversation with Patty Austin. Good afternoon and welcome to our series of webinars focused on bringing you information about COVID-19 related topics. The information in these weekly webinars is geared toward long-term care and skilled nursing facilities, but we encourage everyone who's interested to attend. My name is Kathy Caudill. I'm a communications specialist with Quality Insights. Today, we'll be discussing finding the fix for falls. And now I'd like to introduce our guest today, Patty Austin. Patty is a quality improvement specialist at Quality Insights. She has been working in the skilled nursing arena for the past 29 years, starting her nursing career as a nursing assistant and leaving the front lines as a director of nursing. Patty has been with Quality Insights since 2016. She considers it a privilege to be able to interact with so many different nursing facilities to help create lasting change within their communities. Patty, thanks for joining us again today. Thanks, Kathy. It is great to be here talking with everybody again today. And, you know, I have to admit, I'm a little bit excited to talk today because I have the opportunity to talk about a bit of an unexpected result of the recent COVID crisis. And what that is, is a marked increase in our fall rates. I think we can all agree that falls have been and most likely will always be a large part of our quality improvement efforts. So really, the topic isn't anything new. But what is new is our need to really put on a different hat and try to figure out why this crisis has led to such a dramatic increase in our fall events. We know that individualizing resident care plans, identifying those at risk, and vigilant safety rounding remain the call of the day, right? But we're looking for what has happened during the COVID crisis that has led to this unexpected outcome. So I'm proposing to you today that one potential cause for this anomaly might very well be something as simple as communication. We have staff that's still trying to recover from COVID burnout. We have facilities that are experiencing unprecedented staff turnover and a higher than ever use of staffing agencies. And all of those things point to the potential for the communication that we've always committed ourselves to improving, being at a greater risk than ever to kind of allow those cracks in our processes to appear and lead to unwanted events. So today we're gonna to take a look at falls and how communication or lack of good communication can impact those rates. We're gonna talk about some techniques and some tools that would be beneficial in helping to reduce those avoidable events and we're going to look at a scenario that helps us to conceptualize the tools that we're going to mention. Tools like SBAR, stop and watch, the CUS technique, post-fall huddles, and tracking and trending tools will all play a part in what we talk about today. So we're going to quickly review some of the tools that are available to help us reduce falls, but we're not going to spend a ton of time on them because I'd like to devote as much time as possible to the scenario and then kind of talk that through a little bit. The first tool that I have up, there are actually two tools and they work hand in hand and they are my favorite tools. It is the stop and watch and the cuss tool. Most of us are most likely familiar with stop and watch. It's designed to be used by frontline caregivers and even ancillary staff. Um, and it gives them a forum to bring their concerns forward in a very formalized way. 
Hand in hand with that is the cuss technique that is a little bit less well-known and can be a little bit, um, I don't want to say difficult, but it can be tricky to implement in a way that makes it feel non-punitive. If you are able to adopt that technique in a way that everyone recognizes that it is not designed to be um, pointing a finger, it's designed to ensure that we're all working toward mutual goals and that we all recognize that things fall off of everyone's plate. Um, it is a fantastic tool that can really strengthen communication, particularly among those frontline caregivers and ancillary staff and the clinical staff. Then, of course, we have SBAR, and we're all quite familiar with that. What we might be a little less familiar with is a actual fall SBAR that was designed to be used as part of a post-fall huddle using the SBAR format. Um, and we'll take a closer look at that as we move forward. Next, we do have um, available a data collection tool for those of you that are not using something already to track and trend your falls. This is just a small sample of it. Um, there are many fields that you're able to complete, and it will help you dig down to mutual root causes if you have areas that are at greater risk within your facility, even if you have staff members that may be involved in more events than you would consider um, average. What I really like about the tool is that it will take all the data that you input into it and change it into graphic form. So if you're more of a visual person, um, you will be able to see your data in real time transferred into uh, graphs and um, bar charts. Pretty nice. You'll be seeing it come up in the last minute lowdown pretty soon. So those are all of the tools that I wanted to mention today. And you will see all of them pop up in some scenarios, well, a scenario that we're about to take a look at. So Try to follow with me as we talk about what probably is an event that could happen in any of our buildings um, at any given time. We have our main player um, from a staff perspective is Lynn. She's a nursing assistant and she's on her way back from break. She rounds the corner onto her unit and she hears her resident, Mrs. Dahl, calling out from her room. It's about midway down the hall. That's really unusual for Mrs. Dahl. Lynn knows she was having an off day today, but for her to be calling out is um, cause for concern. She's actually having so much of an off day that Lynn decided to use a stop and watch tool earlier in the day and report it to the nurse. As she's hurrying down the hall to the room, she wonders for the second time today what the doctor said about the concern she voiced on her stop and watch that morning. When Lynn enters the room, she saw that Mrs. Dahl had indeed fallen and she had some blood trickling from a skin tear on her arm. Mrs. Dahl was a little bit agitated in trying to get up. So Lynn quickly activated the call bell and she called out to the hallway for immediate assistance. Then she sat down next to Mrs. Dahl to try to keep her calm and in position while waiting for the nurse to arrive. The nurse arrived on the unit and she did determine that it was safe to move Mrs. Dahl back to bed. And she took care of cleaning the skin tear, 
and uh, dressing the wound, then went to call the physician and the family. Very soon, she returned to the room to tell Lynn that Mrs. Dahl was going to be going to the hospital at the request of the family. So the team, Lynn and the nurse, recognized that they had some time before the transport company arrived, and they started to do their post-fall huddle with Mrs. Dahl because she was still in the building, and they knew that she would be able to provide valuable insight. So they used the fall S-bar and began to do their analysis. In this facility, the person who's in charge of the resident at the time of the event leads the post-fall huddle, and that's really a good practice um, if you're not already using that technique. And because the nursing assistant, Lynn, was responsible for Mrs. Dahl at the time of the event, she's going to lead our huddle, and the nurse is then going to record the data that they gather during that huddle. Since Lynn knows that Mrs. Dahl is leaving the facility soon, she begins by asking Mrs. Dahl what she was doing at the time of the fall. Mrs. Dahl states that she was trying to get up to go to the bathroom. Lynn, because she knows Mrs. Dahl so well, recognizes that she usually rings the bell and then waits for help before going to the bathroom. So she continues and she asks Mrs. Dahl what was different today that made her try to get up alone rather than waiting. She's actually directed to do that right through the fall S-bar. Mrs. Dahl said to Lynn, you know what, I really had to go and I didn't think I could wait another minute. Remember this morning, I waited for you and I almost didn't make it. The other thing that Lynn noticed at the time of the fall was that Mrs. Dahl's walker was still folded and at bedside. So while she still has the opportunity to question Mrs. Dahl, she asks why she didn't use her walker. Mrs. Dahl kind of looked a little bit confused when she was asked that question and doesn't notice the walker until Lynn points it out to her. And then she says, oh yeah, that thing, I guess I forgot. Again, Lynn recognizes that that is not normal for Mrs. Dahl, who is usually, usually very attentive to following her care plan interventions. And Lynn wonders to herself, I'll bet I'm right, and Mrs. Dahl has a UTI. Then the ambulance crew arrives. And while they're preparing Mrs. Dahl for transport, the nurse continues to complete the fall S-bar. Once Mrs. Dahl has left the facility, Lynn begins to start the root cause analysis for the event. The nurse is posing the question and Lynn is responding. So the nurse asks, Lynn, why did Mrs. Dahl fall? And Lynn says, you know what? She tried to go to the bathroom without waiting for assistance. The nurse follows up with, why didn't she wait for assistance? And Lynn says, well, she thought she would have an accident if she waited. The nurse asks again, why did she think that? And Lynn reminds her that, well, she almost did have an accident this morning. And the nurse says, why do you think that happened? Lynn then says, well, I think she has a UTI. She's a bit confused today. She didn't eat her breakfast well. And then she was almost incontinent. That's why I turned in the stop and watch. What did the doctor say? The nurse replies that she had not yet had the time to call the doctor. So let's stop our scenario right there. And we can easily point to a failure in communication as one of the potential 
root causes of this event. But looking a little bit deeper, really we have three different areas to look at, right? The first is what does the communication look like between the nurse and the frontline staff when they bring a concern up? Remember that closing that communication loop serves multiple purposes. First, it conveys to the front line the outcome of the concern that was, that was brought forward. And it also allows care plans to be updated in real time. And second, it also promotes the feeling of team. And that feeling is needed to provide not only good care by ensuring that frontline staff is aware of what the action is, but maybe even more importantly, it reinforces the idea that the information that the frontline staff has is valuable. We know that nothing is going to kind of circumvent good, strong communication um, as quickly as, a, as it will if somebody feels like they're just, you know, spitting in the wind, so to speak, or talking to a wall. Um, that frontline staff will be much more likely to bring their concerns to the forefront in a way that you can take action on if they recognize that what they're bringing to the forefront is valuable and acted on. So first thing we need to know is if this facility has a policy on follow-up related to stop and watch forms. If they do, was there a breakdown in that process? And if they don't, they may need to consider implementing one. The second area for review is the need for follow-up communication by the nursing assistant herself. If she had used the cuss technique, she may have raised the sense of urgency behind that original stop and watch. And as I said, that can feel uncomfortable when you're first implementing it, but it really should be the standard. It's not intended to be punitive in any way. We all know, you know how quickly a day can snowball and things can fall off of anyone's plate. By simply returning to the nurse, the first time she wondered about the outcome of that stop and watch and voicing that she was C, concerned that Mrs. Dahl might have a UTI and you uncomfortable because she was not herself today, and then felt that it might be an S safety issue, the nurse might have um, recognized that this was a situation that required a more urgent approach. A few different things might have been put in place that could have prevented that fall. The nurse might have done an immediate bedside assessment and called the doctor more quickly. Temporary interventions may have been put in place while determining what exactly was going on. Better communication between staff may or may not have prevented the event, but in this scenario, we have no way of knowing that because the communication failed. We're not going to spend a ton of time today examining the other area of communication that most likely could have been done a little bit differently, but the SBAR absolutely comes to play in this scenario as well. Clear communication may have prevented an avoidable ER trip in this case. Mrs. Dahl had a little bit of confusion. She had a skin tear that was easily treatable in the facility. 
and had the nurse relayed the information to the family in a concise, clear way, including what they were able to provide to Mrs. Dahl at the facility, they may have prevented that ER transfer. Finally, it's going to be vital that communication to the ER is pretty strong. The receiving facility is going to have to understand the capabilities of the facility so that the resident can be returned in the event that something like a UTI is diagnosed, maybe some IV antibiotics are ordered, and the facility is capable of running those antibiotics under their roof. So without that strong communication between um, the facility and the ER could very well lead to an avoidable admission. Patty, I'd like to thank you for joining us again today. And I'd like to thank all of you for joining us. And we hope to see you back here again next week. If you want to contact Patty Austin, you can reach her at paustin at qualityinsights.org. You can check out our other interviews at qualityinsights.org slash QIN slash multimedia.